Well, we're going to hear from Glenn in, in just a moment now. Um, Glenn's spoken to us a few times at Oasis Church. Glenn has a wonderful gift in teaching. Uh, I benefit from that most weeks, that small group. And so Glenn's going to, Glenn's going to come and speak to us now on, on justice and how we build that into our lives. So Glenn, come on up. It's great to have you. Thank you very much. And so good to be here this morning. I'm really enjoying these Oasis TED Talks and I worked out the reason. I've got a concentration span of about nine and a half minutes. So they're kind of working just right for me. So for those who know you, my name is Glenn and today I'm going to be talking on justice as Mike has already said. I've titled the talk this morning, Called to be Overcomers and Not Just in Betweeners called to be overcomers and not just in between us. And I'm going to unpack that as we go forward. For the purposes of this talk, I'm going to use the definition of justice in a broad sense, and it's going to be something like this. The way God wants things to be. The way God wants things to be. And conversely, injustice would be things are not the way God would want things to be. So we're going to, at times it's going to feel like you're just listening to me talk to myself and that's pretty much what you're going to hear. It's conversations that I normally have with myself, that little voice in my head and how I've wrestled with these things. But that's okay, because at the end, you get to judge if I need some more help from somebody at some point. So I'm going to dive straight into Scripture. And the first Scripture we're going to look at together is Genesis 1.31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Now I want to go to the very end of the Bible, to the book of Revelation. Revelation 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. I'm making everything new. Here we have two incredible pictures. We have pictures of perfection, an existence that is harmonious, that is peaceful, that is just, and that is right, from Genesis and Revelation. For us, we sit somewhere in between. So you see this little stick man who seems to be worshipping in his pants for some reason. It's the best photo that I could get, so I don't know why he's in his pants, but he seems to be. But that's, if we think about the timeline between Genesis and Revelation, we sit somewhere on that timeline. We don't know when the fulfillment of the Revelation scripture will come to pass, but it will do. And, and we sit as in between us. The question I wrestle with is, what does the in-between look like? Because often it doesn't look like the Genesis passage and it doesn't look like the Revelation passage. It looks very different. And I don't want to create a straw man here, but because there are some really good things that go on today. But the reality is there's some really bad things that go on. There are some really unfair things that go on. And there are some really unjust things that go on. And I just want to give you three examples of the kind of things I'm talking about. According to the clock, I've been talking for nearly three and a half to four minutes. And in that four minutes, 27 people around the world will have died because of starvation. 
27 people, predominantly children under the age of five, will have died. That's almost a classroom every four minutes. Why is that unjust? Because one half of the planet has far too much stuff, abundance, and all the things that we suffer from as a result of that. And half the planet doesn't have enough. That certainly doesn't look like Genesis passage, and that doesn't look like the Revelation passage. The second example would be, I'm going to go home tonight into my semi-comfortable bed. There's food in my fridge and there's a roof over my head. There'll be women up and down this country in major cities that will be going out tonight to sell themselves as a commodity for profit. And they are part of the human trafficking tragedy that we face in this world. And uh, the, the count in 2016 was that there's about 46 million people that are caught up in human trafficking. They've lost any sense of being a child of God. They're just a thing that makes money for somebody else. That's a tragedy and that's unjust. Doesn't look like Genesis, doesn't look like Revelation. And then the final example I would use is when it comes to the environment. And this might feel like a slight step away from Genesis, but I think it's absolutely linked. In 1987, we crossed the single earth barrier. And what I mean by that, since for the last 31 years, we have been taking more resource out of the planet than the planet can sustain. So we are now at one and a half to two planets in terms of what we need to carry on in the trajectory of consumption that we're going. Why is that unjust? Why is that unfair? Because as we carry on in that direction, the people that will be hit the hardest and the fast when it comes to things like global climate change, mass migration of people, fighting for limited resources, are the poorest people already in this on this planet. So it's a real kind of wake-up call when we think about what we're doing and our responsibility to that. So then I kind of wrestle with, well, I'm the guy in the middle, I'm the in-betweener at the moment, as we all are. What do we do? What do, we, do we just wait until the fulfillment of Revelation? Or do we do something else? Are we called to be overcomers or are we just called to, in -between us, to be in-betweeners? There are many reasons why you could fight for justice. And I've come up with three reasons that you could take on that battle. The first reason could be that it makes me feel good. And I think there's some truth in that, if we're all honest, that it would be kind of weird if we were designed in a way that doing something good made us feel bad. I don't think that is how God designed us. The second reason could be that Actually, someone recognizes what I do and gives me a pat on the back. Now, if these two reasons are your driver and, and, and not a byproduct, I think for me, I'm, I'm kind of walking down a slightly corrupt path because these two reasons need to be a byproduct of a much more pure, bigger reason. And the only big reason that is sustainable and pure enough in motive to do something about injustice and why these things should matter to me is because they matter to God. They matter hugely to God. How do I know that? Because when I look at the Bible from Genesis through to Revelation, it's peppered throughout scripture that God is a God of justice. He hates injustice and he loves justice. 
All through the Bible, you will see that. If you could see God's agenda, this is a top-of-the-table agenda point for God. And therefore, if we acknowledge that, it would only be right to, deter- to kind of work through that it should be a high agenda point for us too. There are five things. If, if you have got an inkling to fight a fight of justice and fight against injustice, I've got five things that I would suggest that may be of use to you in that battle. And I would suggest that we all should be in that battle at some point and, and fighting for it. The first one is prayer. Prayer is really the bedrock for everything as a believer. Um, the Bible talks about God has prepared a good works in advance for us to do. So each one of us, God has prepared a good works in advance. Through prayer, we should be asking God to reveal what those good works are. If you ever look at a sprinter or a runner, they always start their race in a certain posture. I haven't got runner's legs, so you can tell this is all theory for me at the moment. But they kind of get down in a position. I believe for the Christian, the starting point for any race or any battle is on your knees. That is your fastest way forward. So dedicating time to pray and ask God to reveal how he wants to use you, in what battles, in what area of injustice he wants you to tackle is absolute paramount. The second recommendation is scripture. Up to now, these aren't things that you won't be connected with, but they are absolutely fundamental. And this is of equal importance with prayer. When you're tackling the subject and tackling injustice, it will get messy, it will be costly, it will take your energy, it will take your resource. And when the times that it's not fun and it's a bit more of a slog, you have to know why you're doing these things. Doing a study on justice will very quickly help you to realize God's heart for justice and why it's so important that we grasp that and we make it paramount in our life as well. So prayer and scripture, absolute bedrock to moving forward. The third one is community. This is one that I've kind of wrestled with and I'm sharing some honest mistakes that I've made here. I think when I was younger, I I had a bit more when I talked about wanting recognition. I think my head was more in that space, if I'm honest, wanting a bit more of a pat on the back for the things that I did. And I I wanted to be the one that started something. I wanted to be the pioneer, the the one that did these things. I remember phoning up an established food bank and saying to this guy who was very gracious to me, he said, I I was kind of explaining, I want to start a food bank from my garage. And And he kind of was talking through it. And he said, that's great, Glenn. Tell me what level of resource you've got and what you're planning to do. And I told him. And he said, that's fantastic, but after three days, you'll run out, and then you'll let, start letting people down. And the point of that is this. There are so many communities, so many charities, so many established groups that we can anchor into already that are fighting for justice. We don't necessarily need to pioneer something brand new. There are people in this room that are called to be leaders, called to be pioneers. The reality is 99% of us are not. But we are called to stand shoulder to shoulder with one another and carry on with the battle. So anchoring into groups like Hope for Justice, Christians Against Poverty, the Trussell Trust, even here locally we've got the Bridge, Fighting for Justice. I think most of us know Naomi Partridge and the, the Sophie Haynes Foundation. All of these things already exist. We don't need to pioneer something brand new. 
we can just tap into what's already there to be effective. Fourth point, again, another lesson for me, <laughs> is that I don't need to become Mother Teresa overnight. And I say that very respectfully because there is this kind of thought, well, I, I should sell everything I've got, give it to the poor, and then go and live in Africa with some very poor people, and that's how I'll help them. Now, I believe that, again, for some of us, God will call us in that direction, and for those that he calls, he will absolutely sustain in that. For the majority of us, that will not be the case. And so if you're thinking about you want to tackle injustice, you want to get into that battle, what I would suggest is work through the very next smallest possible step you could take, whatever that looks like for you, and whatever battle that you choose that's right after praying and reading scripture. Whatever that small step is, and it can be something like sending an email or just inquiring about a charity. One small step, and then once you've done that, go to the next step and then go to the next step, and you'll get momentum and you'll grow into that battle. You don't have to do everything overnight. And if you're struggling to understand what one small step could look like, I always say that when it comes to prayer, it's the least thing you should do, but the most thing you could do. And by that, I mean anybody can pray anywhere. So dedicating prayer to a fight or a cause, anybody can do. But it's the most you can do in terms of there is nothing greater than we can do than call on God to help us in that battle. So prayer, if you're looking for a small step starting point, that's you know, an ideal start. The fifth and final one, and this might feel like a little bit of a tangent, but again, it's not. It, it's absolutely fundamental. Is to remember that God is coming. Jesus is coming back for his people. He's coming back for his bride. And that's something to celebrate. That's something to keep at the forefront of our mind all of the time. We can get complacent with that thought because it hasn't happened yet and there's been 2,000 years or whatever. And we can kind of forget about that. But I think we should absolutely keep it in front and center. If you're anything like me, I get distracted by life sometimes. You know, often I'm battling and wrestling with where are my children going to go to school? What house am I going to move to? Am I going to move? What job am I going to do? And there's no, I'm not downplaying those things because there is a time and a place to really wrestle with those and, and give them thought. But I think when we Remember that Jesus is coming back, and it could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week. It changes our agenda. We start to focus on what's important to God, and we will realign, and that's a good realignment. There's a, there's a line from a song that you'll all know. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look at his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I think when we do that, we will the things that we shouldn't be focusing on so much will become less bright and less obvious in our life, and the things that we should focus on will become more magnified. So in summary, the reason why these things, matters of justice and fighting for justice matters is because it matters to God. Although we're not saved by our good works, we are saved for good works. And we should work through what those good works look like. We do have to remember it is for freedom that we're set free. And so this is not about condemnation, but a conviction in the right way towards fighting this battle. And I'm going to leave you with the words of Paul, slightly out of context scripture, but I believe it works. 
In Galatians 5, Paul says this, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. So my question and challenge to us all, to myself, to you guys, is how will faith express itself through love when it comes to matters of justice? Thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.